You're listening to Conversations with Koopman. On this podcast series, we invite guests who are qualified professionals and industry experts to talk to us about the latest topics and trends happening in the financial services market. Joining myself and Will on this episode is Marion McCamby. Mariam is the General Counsel at Arch Emerging Markets Partners Limited. Arch is an owner-managed investment advisory firm founded in 2018 that specializes on private equity opportunities across emerging market jurisdictions. Prior to this, Mariam trained in private practice as an investment funds lawyer and has extensive experience in advising clients on fund formation, fundraising, and fund operation matters. Mariam is also the co-founder of Black Women in Asset Management, or BWAM a non-profit industry organization that seeks to connect and empower black women. She joins us to talk about how she started her career in private equity and the changes she has seen not only in her own role as general counsel, but also the wider investment industry. Mariam also provides excellent advice to the investment community on creating a more diverse and inclusive workforce before finally telling us about the great work they're doing at BWAM and the exciting plans they have for the future. Hi, Marion. Welcome to the Conversations with Koopman podcast, and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We're also joined by my colleague and, and co-founder, Andrew Murphy. Hi, Marion. Hi, guys. Nice to be with you both today. Uh, brilliant to have you on and very much looking forward to this discussion. Um, really keen to learn more about you and your experience and, and career in the investment fund industry um, and, and really talk about the inspiring work you and your team have, have been doing at BWAM, which was set up by Mariam and her co-founders in 2019. Um, Mariam, we've given the audience an introduction to you, but perhaps you can tell us more about how you started in private equity and tell us about where you are now with your career. Thanks. So yeah, I I didn't know about private equity when I began university, but the internships I had whilst I was studying kind of opened my eyes to this world of corporate law. I think looking back at it, it was a, a clear example of how expanding a young person's sphere of thought can really have an impact on their future. So I had a number of internships which led me to corporate law. And at the time we called them vacation schemes. I, I'm not sure what they're called now. But I eventually had a training contract at a pan-European corporate law firm that had a specialism in private equity. The majority of my training contract was PE-focused and I qualified into the firm's investment funds practice. Um, And whilst I was a junior associate, I gained experience in advising clients on fund formation, fundraising and fund operation matters. And I've had an interest since I was junior associate in emerging markets and responsible investments and also impact investing and those negotiations with the investor base that spanned from emerging markets to European buyouts and also to infrastructure um, it was a really great eye-opener in terms of the changing face of investor expectation in the private investment funds industry and also the PE landscape as a whole since then. So where I am now is that I'm a a general counsel at Emerging Markets Partners Limited. Um, So Arch is an owner-managed investment firm, um, advisory firm, and and it was founded in 2018. And it specialises in private equity opportunities across jurisdictions. And I'm responsible for all aspects of the company's legal functions. 
So that includes fund formation and fundraising for our various um, investment strategies, uh, legal oversight in terms of the investment process, deal structuring, um, transaction management oversight, and then also the company matters. So reorganizations, operational changes, input on some HR and employment matters as well. Um, and then I also oversee our um, company secretarial and investment advisory committees. So it's a really wide role being an in-house general counsel. And since I've been in-house, I've witnessed the changing role of GCs. A lot of people mentioned it when I was in private practice, but now I'm on the other side and, and see what that really means. Um, it's much more about business advisory functions, I would say. And, and there's an emphasis on being commercial and understanding the business and also being able to advise the various stakeholders and the board on risks, current risks and also evolving risks. So I would say that the GC of a firm, especially within the private equity industry and in-house legal departments, they're no longer just about fixing the problem. They're about understanding investment funds, understanding investor expectations and advising on both and also the company's um, requirements. Thanks, Mariam. And it's certainly interesting to hear about the the changes that you're you're seeing in the role and and have seen over the the past few years. I think you you referenced um, just at the start the changes in the investment landscape and in you know investor expectations since you started. And I think the current situation that we're facing now is a monumental shift in in terms of kind of sustainability. But I, I suppose from from your perspective, when, when we look at the private equity and wider asset management sector. What changes are you seeing? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So Arch, as I said, is Imagine Markets focused. So the expectation of some of our investors may have been more uh, nuanced to some before. So, for example, development finance institutions have always had more of a focus on ESG, so environmental, social and governance matters. And, And they have an expectation on the investment firms that they commit to, to to report on things like that. I would say that there's probably more of a focus on the E and the G uh, for some investors, not just DFIs. However, over time, that has certainly evolved. And, I, and you can see that now. There are more investors, not just the likes of development finance institutions or pension funds that are focused on sustainability, but actually institutional investors are as well. And regulation and industry bodies are showing that as well. For example, if we think about ILPA, which is an organisation that represents limited partners, um, primarily for the PE space, they've recently launched a diversity in action, which is focused on looking at how diversity can be be assessed for in terms of the GPs and, and managers in which limited partners are giving their money to. Um, We also obviously have the recent European um, regulation, which is completely focused on sustainability, the SFDR. And And that's really looking at trying to make sure that investment firms are doing what they say they're doing, in a nutshell. And I, I welcome it. Having worked in the EM space and looking at responsible investment for a while, there are a number of firms that have been doing the job anyway, but then there are also some investment firms that have been playing up to it and I I think there does need to be a focus on 
what is ESG? How can it be measured? And and how can you provide that information to investors? And, and I think the investment firms that are able to evidence that there may be a shift in terms of where commitments are being made. And you talk about ILPA, who I think have over 500 member institutions. They manage 2 trillion of AUM, which is, I think, 50% of the global private equity AUM in total. So huge responsibility in, you know, for them to put diversity in action as kind of a core focus um, and to encourage diversity. Mm. That's one part of it. And it's great to, to see and they'll obviously guide and assist. But in terms of the firms then being on the other side, I suppose, in your opinion, Mariam, or any thoughts on this, but how can firms maybe improve their their own recruitment strategy to be able to facilitate and encourage that diversity as well? Yeah, I mean, there there are lots of ways that this can be looked at. And for example, as I as I said at the beginning in my introduction, I didn't know about private equity when I when I joined this world, and um, I know I probably must have made a lot of faux pas and. It, it just was an alien concept to me. And having having looked back, I, I went to a, a decent school and then I, I got a training contract in a good firm and, and that, you know, that trajectory moved on. But I think looking at firms now and if we're, if we're focused on diversity and having a broad base of investment professionals, which statistics have shown actually is good for the business, it's about looking at different ways of encouraging people to look at the industry. So whether it's at the grassroots and, and having more engagement with uh, universities that aren't necessarily thought about, then also considering recruitment from, a, from an angle that isn't just focused on an MBA from a particular institution, for example, but people who might be changing their careers or people who have had education, but in different jurisdictions even, I think that there there needs to be a shift from a fairly narrow um, remit when it comes to recruitment practices for, if I focus on the industry I work in, the, the private equity space. We've, we've talked about how firms can improve their sort of recruitment strategy and encourage diversity there, Mariam, and, and you mentioned sort of university qualification and, and degrees, and I guess that's from a kind of entry uh, perspective and, and, and uh, you know, from a, from, a, from a candidate interest perspective as well. But what are your thoughts on recruitment and, and inclusion, I guess, as a factor that requires a bit more further attention for when, you know, creating a culture and an inclusive culture? Yeah, I, I mean... I think these points are very much from the perspective of my experience and the experience of others who are ethnic minorities or just different because diversity is is not just what you see but it covers a, a number of things and there are intersections which I myself even I myself aren't experiencing but post recruitment inclusion is key and what I would say from uh, the experience that I've had which actually was fairly positive when I look back at my initial legal career. Integration, I believe, shouldn't be the burden of the person who is different. Um, Integration actually should be um, the focus of the organisation that is bringing people in. So there needs to be a more open culture. Having diversity and inclusion policies for the purposes of recruitment is important. 
Um, but then there also needs to be diversity and inclusion policies for the purposes of your staff, um, which a lot of organisations do have. And then when it comes to those diversity and inclusion policies, it's also about implementing them. And that can span from training on, on things such as implicit bias, but it also requires um, having processes in place when there's explicit bias and, and being able to have an institution that allows people to call out if something is going wrong or be able to put their hand up if they feel that they need support. Uh, and I, I guess anecdotally, there also needs to be some way of encouraging people to just be themselves and training and or having a culture of accepting the difference. And I, I, I think one example I always think about when I entered the corporate world was that there, there was actually quite a diverse pool of training candidates that I, that I trained with. But by the end of our training contract, all of the male candidates were wearing chinos and a certain jacket on a Friday, um, along with, I think they're called boat shoes. And whilst that's not a problem because they were climatizing to the situation that they had ended up in, for those individuals who didn't want to wear the boat shoes and chinos, <laughs> we need to have a culture where that's okay. Um, so I, I do think that it's, Post-recruitment, it's really institution, it's on the institutions to think about how do you open up your um, uh, employee base so that they feel comfortable to just be themselves and also feel comfortable to call on their experiences that might be different but actually would be of benefit to the organisations they work for, whether it's a law firm or a private equity house. For those firms, I'd imagine, Mariam, I don't know if you agree, that's probably driven in part by authentic leadership, uh, enabling their, their employees to be individualistic within their organization and not necessarily following set processes, but looking at the, the, the company uh, in an organic view. Uh, I mean, if that is somewhat lacking, there isn't that authentic leadership in place and companies don't necessarily focus their recruitment strategies around diversity and, and then have that inclusiveness thereafter. Mm. What do you think will happen to those firms? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's fairly, from my perspective, it's fairly simple. I think we have an attrition of individuals who may not feel that they belong and and that is not of benefit to the organizations that are trying to encourage diversity i mean we started off by talking about some of the other industry bodies um, and what they're doing in terms of diversity in action ilpa is an institution of limited partners if they are um, representing limited partners if those limited partners are not seeing what they think is important, it actually can have a, an impact on the firms that are trying to fundraise, right? Because essentially they are not servicing an industry. So that's the business side. The other side is obviously it's just right to to try and be diverse. But ultimately, Andrew, I think it's attrition and a loss of very good talent. And, you know, we talk about the sort of attrition of individuals there, Marion, that probably don't feel like they belong in a firm. And, and, I, and I must admit, I'm guilty of owning a pair of boat shoes. So um, <laughs> but, I, knew I, kind of, I, I kind of understand sort of where, you, where you're sort of coming from. And, and, and I guess what, what we're talking about sort of attrition, um, you know, it's interesting that, that you sort of mentioned that. And, you know, doing our sort of research on, you know, BWAM and, and what you're doing with your co-founders, isn't that one of the main reasons 
why you created BWAM and can you tell us more about BWAM and, and, and what you're doing? Sure, thank you. And I will continue with BWAM. So Black Women in Asset Management was founded, as I think you said, um, when we started our conversation in, in 2019. And, and on that point about attrition and feeling different, it began from a chance meeting with myself and co-founder Jacqueline Taiwo. Um, we, we realized that we were in an industry where we weren't seeing many of us. And well, we didn't realize it was the case, but we wanted to see if there were more women out there, black women who are in the industry and, and essentially foster that point of peer engagement and peer support. So we began in 2019 and we, we started off with ad hoc private dining room um, dinners, um, which allowed women that, that were in the industry to connect and also share ideas, share stories, and support each other. And, and I would say, going back to the last point we were discussing, that that, that support is, is something that's really key for the institutions who are trying to encourage diversity. I'll reference Hashi Mohammed here. He, he has a book called People Like Us, and there's something that he said that I thought really stood out, and, and that's the power of social capital and also cultural capital. And the, the essence when it comes to cultural capital is the confidence in having a feeling of belonging. And what he goes on to say is that a minority cannot necessarily build that feeling of belonging on their own. The reason why I'm quoting that is because it really does, I think, link to what we've done with Black Women Asset Management. What we were fostering was that feeling of belonging within the asset management industry to encourage support. So... We formalised in 2019 and um, our mission is essentially to show the amazing work that black women are doing in the industry and to highlight their successes and then also to provide black women in the industry tools to enable them to thrive. And we've done that through various ways. Um, As I mentioned, we started off with networking events, which have continued, albeit virtually now. Um, We also have a number of career events, so development workshops specific training workshops as well and we've had a number of inspirational keynotes including uh, women in the asset management industry that are leading um, investment banking professionals and 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 women fund managers that are at the head of um, their institutions Um, and then the final pillar is outreach initiatives Um, and that goes back to the point I, I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation trying to essentially moves the needle when it comes to asset management industry and its reach. And that goes from partnering with organisations for um, university students to helping organisations when it comes to internship candidates. And then also reaching out to early career women in the industry as well, especially when they are themselves trying to foster that feeling of belonging uh, within an organisation, which often they may be one of of very few. We mentioned, Mariam, and I suppose at the uh, part of the call as well, where we talked around kind of the the attrition rate and, you know, the mid-senior professionals that are maybe moving on due to a lack of inclusiveness. As part of BWAM's focus, you do run the Leadership Accelerator program as well. I suppose we're wondering, did you create this particular program with that issue in mind? And 
I suppose, what impact have you seen from that program so far? Yeah, I mean, thank you. We we just recently launched the Leadership Accelerator, and, and we're hoping that it will become um, a, an annual an annual program. But yes, the aim of the Accelerator is to help those women who are significantly underrepresented in, in the industry. And it's it's just beginning, actually. So um, I can let you know about the, the feedback from it once once the first program is over. But the intention is to help those women to be able to articulate their aims within the industry uh, and move forward. And then also to try and help accelerate their careers in, within their respective institutions and encourage more leadership at the top, because that's also part of the the um, a feeling of belonging that's required. It's also being able to see uh, yourself at the top at, at a later stage. Um, so it's it's a program that will be consist of a number of training bespoke training sessions um, and also coaching, and it will be a cohort of women that will also then be able to foster peer engagement and um, relationship building, and then hopefully provide them with tools to get to that next stage of their various institutions. We have um, women from asset management firms to um, law firms uh, to compliance professionals as well within the first cohort. That's that's brilliant. And so so taking this right the way back to the beginning of of, of the discussion then, and we talked about, you know, you're not actually knowing what private equity was and, and you know and, and getting into an internship and and looking at the the kind of outreach initiatives for young black women that, that perhaps are looking for a career in in, in investment um can, can you talk a little bit more about that and and i guess how maybe some people in our audience would would be able to engage and, and maybe reach out sure um so we are here to um encourage and assist women that are joining the industry before that there's also the element of trying to get more people to understand and know about the industry and black women in asset management has partnered with organizations for that purpose so we have worked with women who are at universities who may not necessarily know about PE so very similar to myself I think from the perspective of institutions within asset management industry within investment funds there are a couple of things that can be done. So working with recruiters and, and actively encouraging their recruiters to, to look for candidates from diverse backgrounds. Um, and when it comes to looking at those candidates from diverse backgrounds, it's not just, well, it's it's uh, involves looking further than your typical red brick universities. It also involves having recruitment practices that take into account uh, intersectionality and how that can be a benefit, how um, resilience can sometimes, well, often be an asset and and how the typical backgrounds of, of some candidates, whilst it's uh, what's usually expected when it comes to um, internships and, and work experience, there may be other aspects of a candidate that can also make them as equally as equally uh, viable or capable to perform a role. So that conversation with the recruiters that asset management firms are working with so that the recruiters are able to provide as a diverse pool as possible, I think is key. And then when it comes to the interview practice is being cognizant of that as well. 
I then also think organisations such as ourselves, I'm going to go in with a plug here, is, is really important to partner with. So uh, we have a number of, of pillars, as I mentioned, and, and we are here to encourage diversity, help diversity grow and, and eventually have more diverse leaders within the asset management industry. So I, I think if, if investment firms are, are really focused on increasing the diversity of their organisations, they partnering with the likes of Black Women in Asset Management really can help them with that. We are providing our members the tools um, to be able to do better in their respective roles. We're providing peer engagement so that when um, they might feel that they are um, a minority and, and don't have an outreach, they can come to other members within BWAM. And I mean, we have grown now to over 500 members and we're still growing. And that's, I think, a testament to, to the fact that this kind of organisation is needed. And, and we are working with institutions already and, and are looking to continue to work with institutions to, to try and increase the diversity of the asset management landscape and essentially both the diverse leadership of the industry. Thanks for that, Mariam. And I suppose just to conclude, I think it's, uh, on, on a parting note, it's very much a case that, uh, as I said at the start of the call, there's a, a monumental shift, and you mentioned kind of ESG with the focus very much of being on ENG, uh, and within the social element of that, you know, in order for that to be successful, diversity really is key, and it's just mm-hmm. fantastic to hear that underpinning that are peer groups like BWAM that are really, I suppose, enhancing the power of social and cultural capital, as you quoted, to engage and, and, and drive awareness uh, for, for that diversity to, to occur and uh, for ultimately for the, the whole sustainability movement to be to be a success. So really do you know, tip our hats to you for, for the work that you're doing and wish you every success with, with, that, uh, with that peer group moving forward. And I'm sure you're going to have a positive impact on lots of people's careers and lives. So Thank you very much for taking the time to, to speak to myself and Will this morning. And um, we wish you all the best with that and, and also with your very busy career as a GC. <laughs> thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Will. It's been, it's been great to talk to you both. Um, and, and thanks for giving me the, the platform to, to, to talk about Black Women in Asset Management. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Koopman. To subscribe to our channels or sign up to our mailing list, please visit koopman.ie forward slash podcast. Koopman is a specialist financial services recruitment company for accounting, finance, risk and compliance. For further information on the market, please reach out to us directly.